listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's the 27th of September. This is Recap, made for you by Sharesies. Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create the most financially empowered generation. No one puts this financial disclaimer in a corner. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. Hi Alice. Hey Jose, how's it going? Very well, thank you. Did you have a good weekend? I had a lovely weekend. How was yours? It was perfectly fine. In lockdown, but we were happy. That's the main thing, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Uh, I want to just catch up on something we were talking about last uh, week on Friday, the pronunciation of Nike, which I said was Nike yeah. and you said Ooh. was Nike. Yeah, so I actually did a quick Google on this. <laughs> nice. And it turns out their chairman, Philip Knight, has confirmed that it's Nike, not Nike. So I was pronouncing it wrong completely. <laughs> yeah, but it seems like quite a um, widespread issue. So you're not alone there. I know. But now you know. There's lots of people <laughs> that are just wrong like me out there. So that is quite exactly. comforting to know. So Nike, got it. Thank you. Let's crack on because <laughs> there's quite a bit to talk about today, I reckon. Uh, what has been Absolutely. happening locally, though? I think you're going to start off with us. Yeah, so dairy company Sinlay released their mm. annual results today. So as a reminder, Sinlay makes milk products and they are dual listed on the New Zealand and Australian stock exchanges. Yeah, so how did they go for the year? Well, their revenue was up 5% for the year to just under $1.4 billion New Zealand dollars. However, Sinlay made a net loss of $28.5 million. Uh, this was down from a profit of $74 million last year. Now, Sinlay said that after nine straight years of solid profitability, they were disappointed to post their largest ever financial loss. Yeah, so what did they say were behind those results? Uh, well, CEO John Penno, he said that today's financial results illustrate that the last financial year has been very challenging for Sinlay. Uh, he pointed to COVID, which the company said had hit the business late, but it had hit it hard. Uh, and then Sinlay also said that there were problems with their key market in China, which affected both Sinlay and A2 Milk. I'm glad you mentioned A2 Milk, actually, because we have talked before on Recap about how Sinlay and A2 Milk have a long-standing relationship. Can you just talk about that a bit? Could you please talk about that a bit and maybe remind me about it? Yeah, that's right. So A2 Milk is a shareholder in Sinlay, and they also have an agreement in place where Sinlay supplies A2 Milk with infant formula. So A2 Milk is um, Sinlay's key and most important customer, as they've said. Right. So how did A2 Milk affect Sinlay's results in that case? Well, we've talked about on recap before, but A2 Milk has had a really challenging year. The company saw a large drop in demand and sales from China. So Sinlay said that in December, which was when A2 Milk made a large reduction in their forecasts, they said that this changed the shape of Sinlay's business dramatically. Uh, this meant that Sinlay shifted its production to lower margin products. So that means um, products that they make less profit off. And they had to completely reset their outlook on demand. So then what did Sinai say about the year ahead? I do remember earlier this month that they announced some big changes for the company. 
That's right. Well, firstly, Sinai said that today marks the start of a new chapter and that they've set out a clear plan to return to robust profitability. Uh, you're right. Earlier in September, Sinai announced that they're consulting with staff on a new organizational structure. Uh, now, at the time, they described this as a complete reset of how they operate as a business, and it could see the company cut around 15% of its workforce, uh, which equates to about 150 people. Right. So were there any updates on that today? Uh, In the annual report, which they released as part of their results, um, they said that the changes are now finalised. But the biggest news about this today was that Sinley announced a new CEO who will join Sinley in January next year. Oh, right. So who's this going to be? Uh, someone called Grant Watson, who is currently the CEO of Meraka, which is another Kiwi dairy company. Uh, now, Sinlay's current CEO uh, will take over the, as the chair of Sinlay's board as the current chair is retiring from the role. Great. Thanks very much, Alice. All right, Jose, I feel like it's been ages since we've talked about <laughs> anything related to Tesla and Elon Musk. And I feel like, you know, he's not someone who who stays very quiet. So anything to report in his world? Yes, over here from the Elon Musk desk. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there is actually. So over the weekend, Muskie made a virtual appearance at the World Internet Conference. Um, this is the first time I've heard of this conference. Uh, it is an annual conference, apparently, organised by government agencies in China, specifically the Cyberspace Administration of China. And Muskie delivered a speech in which he confirmed that Tesla will continue to grow its investments in China. All right, so just before we get any further, I'm just going to highlight how you're referring to Elon Musk as Muskie, like you're on, you know, nickname that's basis. My, oh, he's, he's my bestie. <laughs> I, that's, that's just my little name for him. I just like calling him Muskie, you know, because he's oh, a cute little guy. I love him. Uh, yeah, that's what <laughs> I call it. But anyway, them. so going back to the story at least, well, I didn't know that Tesla was really involved in China. Uh, what, do they, what do they do over there? Yeah, so Tesla has what they call a gigafactory in Shanghai, uh, purpose-built in 2019. The factory produces the Model 3 and Model Y cars. And uh, just for some indication of numbers, Tesla sold just over 44,000 cars in China in August, and that includes uh, 32,000 for export. All right, and then what did Elon say in his speech? Yeah, so he he wasn't there in person due to the pandemic, of course, but he's perhaps raised some eyebrows, particularly in the States, by praising China, saying it was a global leader in digitalization. Now, that comes after another speech two weeks ago where he described Chinese automakers as the most competitive in the world. That's really interesting. So what is Tesla's reputation in China then? Yeah, that's a really, uh, really good question. So it's been a rocky road for Tesla in terms of public perception. It had something of a public relations emergency earlier this year where a Tesla customer very publicly at a car show um, protested about a, a brake failure in her Tesla car. She actually climbed on top of a Tesla at the Tesla stand to protect protest and video of that went viral throughout China and was shown on state media. Um, apparently also a Model 3 exploded in a, China, a Shanghai uh, parking building and there's also been some recalls and a lot of scrutiny around customer privacy and whether Tesla's spy on their owners um, and in fact that was a point uh, Muskie focused on during his speech at the conference, saying that all data collected from their sold cars was kept in a local data centre in China and didn't leave the country except in rare cases. 
Right. And so on a slightly different note, um, we have talked quite a bit before on recap about the global semiconductor shortage and how this has been impacting car manufacturers um, worldwide. We've talked about this a couple of weeks back. Any updates on this? Yes, there is. Uh, uh, This is is definitely becoming one of the stories of the year, really. Um, So during uh, Tesla's first quarter earnings, report, Muskie was saying that because of the shortage, they were having some supply chain issues. Uh, He called it a huge problem. So just as a reminder, um, these are basically computer chips that are used in everything from PlayStations to phones to modern cars. In fact, I believe that electric vehicles in particular use up to thousands of these um, just to make one car. Yeah, they're chock full of them. And the reason why there's a shortage is because of COVID-19 shutdowns affecting factories where the chips are made. But in terms of the auto industry, the shortage was also uh, created because car makers cancelled a whole bunch of orders when COVID hit forcing their suppliers to move production to other industries like electronics. And then when demand for cars started growing again, there weren't any factories making car-specific chips left. That was a great recap, Jose. Stop it. (laughs) Okay, so what did Musk say in his update about this then? Yeah, he said that he thinks a shortage will be over by next year and is a short-term problem. Uh, To back that up, he said that there had been a lot of chip fabrication plants built, he didn't really specify what plants he was talking about, but reckoned Tesla would have good capacity by next year. Okay, so Jose, it seems like today's theme is all about problems with supply chains. <laughs> yeah. So I thought uh, for the last story of today, I'd stay on themed by talking about yet another company that's battling with supply chain issues. Uh, this time it's Costco. Costco, so that's one of those uh, American giant chains like Walmart, right? They sure are. So Costco operates a chain of big box retail stores across numerous countries. They sell anything and everything from electronics to furniture to beauty products to groceries. So they claim they bring bring the best possible prices on quality. Uh, But the key thing is that you have to be a member to shop there. So you pay for a membership to be able to shop at their warehouses. Uh, According to their website, they have over a 100 million members worldwide and they're a multi-billion dollar company listed on the Nasdaq Stock Exchange. And so you're saying they have supply chain issues, right? Yeah, so Costco's joined the list of companies saying that they're being impacted by challenges with their supply chains. Uh, Now Costco said that delays at ports, COVID disruptions, labour cost pressures and shortages in shipping containers, trucks and drivers are all contributing to Costco having trouble getting their goods to stores. Yeah, that's a lot of factors at play. Yeah, and it doesn't end there either. So adding even more pressure to the mix is a resurgence in pandemic-driven panic buying of all things. Oh, I thought we got past the whole panic buying thing in 2020. (laughs) Yeah, I thought too, but it turns out as the Delta variant spreads across the world, it's led to this rise in demand for certain products again. Uh, This has caused Costco to reintroduce limits on purchases of certain goods like cleaning products, bottled water and you guessed it toilet paper oh no not the toilet paper crisis that's uh, uh so lame so what's costco doing about this 
Uh, well, other than the limits on certain goods, Costco said that they're more focused on getting products to the stores and fixing problems with their supply chain. So instead of paying other companies to move containers with their goods around the world, Costco's really taken things into their own hands by chartering three container ships to help shift their goods over the next year. Mm, that's really interesting. Thanks very much, Alice. And you know what? That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much out there for listening. That was Recap for the 27th of September. And if you have enjoyed what you hear, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Yes, it really does help. Matiwa. Kakiteano.